everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And thanks once again for joining us, everybody. This is our year-end Best of Poker Action Line show as we take a look back at some of the biggest poker results of 2016. Uh, we'll also look at some of the interesting topics that affect poker around the United States in the past year and around the world with a special focus on South Florida where Joe and I live and work. And this is where we do the show. This is where we play poker. So we... Uh, are partial to South Florida poker action, and boy, it's uh, turned into something great here over the past uh, five, six years that we've done this program, and we certainly look forward to another great year in 2017. Going back to the start of this year, our first show of the year, we had uh, uh, Rep Porter on. Uh, that was an interesting show, but this is how we kicked off the year in 2016, some 12 months ago. First show of 2016, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, uh, as we head into, well, it's not our fiscal year uh, or anything. <laughs> We're looking for our sixth anniversary in March, but uh, uh, we are headed into 2016 with lots of high hopes for the poker world, Joe. Uh, uh, plenty of things going on in different legislatures throughout the country. Maybe we'll get online poker this year in California or Pennsylvania. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in Florida with the Seminole Compact and what's going to happen if that's ratified in the legislature, what that's going to do for poker here in this town. Very interesting stuff this year. Yeah, let's hope that one of these big states uh, finally puts online poker because I think that'll be the little shove and nudge that we need to get it going for the rest of the country. We thought that maybe Pennsylvania might be next, but that's kind of uh, stalled out a little bit. California having a big hearing today. Uh, as they are getting underway with uh, their push to try to get it going out there. Interesting thing out there is that they've included the paramutuals in the online poker uh, scene, which uh, was kind of a, a drawback before because they were trying to cut them out and they were fighting back. Uh, they obviously have the Indians that uh, that want a certain a piece of the pie and, uh, of course, the regular card rooms all over the yep. uh, casinos and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll see what happens. i got a little story I'll get to later in the show to talk about that. Uh, of course, we're looking at all the events here, not just in South Florida, but all over the country as the – uh, the World Series of Poker Circuit moves into Oklahoma, Choctaw, for a big event starting tomorrow. Uh, also, the Seminoles getting underway with their Lucky Hearts Open in Hollywood. Uh, that begins tomorrow. We'll go over that schedule. And uh, certainly uh, things happening all and over the place. And we're only about a month away from uh, the circuit event coming over here to uh, Palm Beach, no? It starts uh, right. about mid-February usually. I went usually. by there today uh, to talk to... Uh, Actually, Noah wasn't there. I talked with Tim Wright. Uh, we had a nice conversation about uh, what's happening there. They have a huge uh, bad beat jackpot going, 272000 Uh I said, are you worried about that still going on and uh, uh, with the tournament events going on? No, he said, no, we bring it on. And, bring uh, it on. He that'll, said, that's going to be really exciting. <laughs> exactly. Make the cash games just obviously blow up when people get knocked out of tournaments. They're going to want a shot at that bad beat jackpot. Exactly, exactly. They also have a uh, special high limit, or not high limit, but high stakes area for poker. Three tables uh, with games like uh, 5, 10, and 20. Uh, like three blinds, uh, basically for PLO and for uh, Hold'em. They actually have hired a a gentleman that has worked at the facility for a while that is in charge of that little area, the three tables. Uh, So some of the biggest games in town are up there at Palm Beach County. Well, (laughs) that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, they've been running a hell of a room. One thing we've never really discussed is their high limits, how they've done it. We've known that Gulfstream has run some very high limit PLO games over there. Uh, you know, Hialeah, Magic City used to have a very high game, almost by an invitational game, that you had to sit down with. It was either 10000 or $15,000, and it was uh, ten twenty-five with a mandatory uh, straddle of $50. So, you know, we've had these high-stakes games around town. Exactly. The other thing I was looking at, uh, there's several events that are stacked on top of each other, and I think this is going to be the year where 
you know, people tried to stay away from each other for quite a while, but I think this is the year where there's going to be a lot of events that will suffer because they're being uh, played at the same time as something else. Yeah, well, Dave, we're going to find out because I, I eventually, if there are guarantees, it's great for the players, but obviously we know that the casinos have to make money or else they're not going to be running these guaranteed tournaments. Yeah. And if there are that many head-to-head battles, especially with big guarantees, you know, do you think somebody's going to suffer and maybe pull out of running tournaments like this? You know, yeah. uh, well, I'll tell you, the first one happened already, and that was the Isle pulling, dropping their uh, their first tournament of the year, the Isle Classic, uh, that they've run for about six years straight, and uh, they're not having it this year. Uh, instead of having uh, four major series like they have for the last right. last few years, they're only having three this year. The first one will be in March, the battle is battles at the beach. You know, and it, and it, and it, you know, here in South Florida, it becomes increasingly difficult to run these tournaments, especially when you've got Hollywood, you know, the big the big boy on the block running so many different tournaments. Like it seems like every other month they're running one. Mm-hmm. Coco, their sister property, running some very big tournaments, and then you've got Palm Beach. It it becomes very difficult. I mean, we spoke about some of the numbers being down this past year. Right. Yeah. No question. Uh, we'll keep an I, eye on all these things. You know, I, and I think as a tournament player in South Florida, eventually it's going to suffer for you because, you know, the aisle over the last few years, you know, after Mike Smith had left, has been kind of very, you know, moderately priced for for the for the tournament yeah, catering players. Yeah, smaller players. Exactly. You know, and I wonder if that's going to suffer going forward. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, certainly. Something to keep an eye on uh, as we move uh, into the year. Uh, also, uh, I spoke briefly about the uh, the compact, the Seminole Compact. Uh, of course, that came out very quietly over uh, kind of the holiday season. Uh, Rick Scott signed the compact with the Seminole Tribe, and it will generate three billion, three point one billion. Was it ratified though? By, yeah, by well, not yet. They haven't gone back. They to haven't done yet. right. Yeah, okay. But they're getting ready. In fact, uh, a lot of legislators have uh, gone back to Tallahassee, and they're getting ready to go up there. So that's going to be maybe the first order of business to decide if they're going to ratify that uh, compact or not. Uh, it was a 20-year deal and would allow uh, casinos in uh, Dade and Palm Beach, uh, Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, uh, maybe a destination casino, uh, maybe a casino at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, which they're very excited about and looking forward to uh, what they might do. Uh, Certainly have their fingers crossed and not uh, spending a lot of time talking about it, but they'll wait and see what happens. Well, what happened was nothing. As the legislature of Florida reconvened, in 2016, and they couldn't or, or wouldn't get anything accomplished, which was the first big story of the year. The state of Florida shirking their responsibility to regulate the future of gambling in the state, a job that they are apparently way in over their heads. And with no compact ratified this year, it was basically a one-year extension to the five-year agreement and also put off the important decision on the direction of poker and other forms of gambling here in the state of Florida. Later in the year, the state tried to shut down blackjack at the Indian casinos, but the Seminoles fought back with a lawsuit, which was ruled on at the end of 2016 with a judge ruling in favor of the tribe. So that sets up another round of negotiations this year, with the state of Florida holding a considerably weaker hand than they did a year ago, going up against the Seminoles' hand, which is uh, basically pocket kings. So we'll see what happens in 2017 but certainly will have a huge effect on poker and all other forms of gambling in the state of Florida here in the near future. Back in January, the poker world continues to explode uh, with huge turnouts at the PCA in the Bahamas. Uh, Mike Watson won that PCA main event. And also the Aussie Millions in Melbourne, Australia. Ari Engel took down the main event. And South Floridians Daryl Fish and Chance Corneth were victorious in the Tournament of Champions and the 25K Challenge, respectively. Uh, great performance over there by some of those guys. Here in South Florida, Ryan Dunn captured the titles, uh, January's title event of the Lucky Hearts Open. And Muckle Pahuja won the WSOP Circuit main event at the Palm Beach Kennel Club in February. We had many great guests here in 2016. Not only Rep Porter in January, right after that we had the third place finisher from the World Series of Poker, Neil Blumenfield. And uh, we also had the Seminole Hard Rock's William Mason on early in the year. Uh, his thoughts on collecting an American Poker Award out in Las Vegas uh, for the, their great performance that they put on in uh, several tournaments, but mainly the big uh, 
Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. Uh, William also looked ahead to some of their big events this year, so we had a great interview. So you can check out some of those on our archives on PokerActionLine.com. The Global Poker League uh, finally got underway in 2016. They had their inaugural draft in February. That uh, created a lot of initial excitement, but that was squandered because uh, they really failed to uh, pass along any future plans for the league for about a month. They finally did get underway in April. There was an eight-week series of online six-max and head-to-head matches, but uh, much of the interest waned as fans found the online nature of the play somewhat hard to follow. Uh, They did have a summer series during the World Series of Poker out in Vegas. They continuously changed their plans. Uh, There was supposed to be some sort of championship at the end of the year in Wembley in London. Uh, They were going to be traveling all over the world, and they ended up uh, getting the cube uh, online. uh, And also uh, it was kind of a uh, really unique way to look at poker. There was a few good points there during the summer at the uh, summer series, but eventually, uh, you know, people got away from it, uh, I think the interest really waned on that one. And uh, although it did pick up during their playoffs later in the year, um, we'll see how it uh, continues in 2017. They will try try to tweak it. And we certainly give credit to uh, Alexander Dreyfus, who uh, admitted the mistakes, said that they will keep trying and they will fix things and they will be better this year, and we'll see what happened. Uh, Lots of other tournaments around the country. Obviously, the WPT's California Swing. Uh, garnered much attention back in February and March. Dietrich Fast won the main event of the L.A. Poker Classic. Stefan Schilhabel captured the Bay 101 Shooting Star. And Harrison Gimbel, a South Florida local, took the title in the Rolling Thunder event outside Sacramento. Uh, there were several other controversial topics throughout the year in the world of poker that we focused on in several different shows. Uh, among them, the state's ruling on the Hialeah Park tournament fiasco from last year. Uh, the previous year, actually, late in the year, and then they ruled on it this year. Lots of discussion about that and what happened. Uh, There was some confiscation of uh, tournament funds and misreporting on the the chip counts. Uh, One of the guys who uh, kind of was a whistleblower was T.J. Shulman, who we had on the show earlier this year. And uh, T.J. actually won a ring at the World World Series of Poker Circuit event at West Palm Beach later in the year. So... uh, Good guys uh, coming in first is still a possibility. Uh, some of the other things that happened uh, in 2016, and of course the, ex- the accusations of sexual harassment uh, that were made by Dr. Jacqueline Mosco against Nolan Dahl and some of the other members of the Poker Night in America staff. Uh, also, we had the, uh, the shot clock at the WPT Tournament Champions trying to combat slow play that went very well and I think is going to be a staple uh, in tournament play from year- for years to come. As far as uh, tournament play here in South Florida, uh, the big uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown was contested in April. Uh, they actually had back-to-back events. That was the first one, and it was won by Justin Young. Uh, we got a chance to talk briefly with Justin, who commented on his victory. It, it's truly unbelievable. Like you, you always like are looking for like the next pay jump, the next pay grade, like get the next spot and put yourself in position to win, but like. You never expect it because you don't want to like get uh, too cocky or anything like that. So like to put yourself in position and actually come through, I, I I can't even describe it. It's it's out of this world. That led immediately into the WPT Tournament of Champions, which did feature that 30-second shot clock for the entire main event. Uh, the tournament was won by Farid Yashu of Morocco. He defeated Vlad Darier in head-to-head action after some of the local favorites like uh, the Grinder, Mike Mizraki and Noah Schwartz were knocked out at the final table. Uh, It was at that event that I was able to catch up with one of the game's breakout stars of this year, Kate Hall. She was alive for WPT Player of the Year honors late in the season. She did fall a bit short, but she shared some of her thoughts with me outside uh, Hard Rock Live. Seminole Hard Rock, I'm here with Kate Hall. 2016, the year of Kate, it seems like. Uh, Did you imagine that uh, things could uh, shoot through this roof so quickly? Uh, no, I certainly didn't think that this year would be going as well as it did. Um, thrilled with it. It was amazing to be in contention for Player of the Year my first year out. Um, and I feel really excited about poker right now and what's to come. I would think so. Uh, obviously, you're disappointed that uh, you didn't win that honor. You needed a third place in this tournament. You went out earlier today in ninth. Uh, but still, nothing to be ashamed of, obviously. It's been... Uh, 
it's been a good year. Really got kicked off in Australia with a third place finish down there. So um, how does it just turn around just like that? I mean, you know, for the average layperson that watches poker, you know, where someone bursts on the scene and all of a sudden they're winning everything in sight. Is it is it a run of luck or uh, did you all of a sudden just get a lot better? <laughs> um, honestly, a lot of it has to do with luck. Um, you know, I come from primarily a cash games background, um, so I have, I think I'm a decent, like, deep stack cash player, um, but tournaments have a lot of strategic considerations that I am honestly not familiar with and I'm learning as I go, um, so, like, having good results this year has, a lot of it has had to do with luck and, you know, just trying to pick up as much as I can as I go and improve and play the best I can. It has to do with confidence as well? I think, you know, some of it has to do with confidence, but honestly, the the tournaments that I've done the best in, um, all three of my WT final tables this year have come at times when I was feeling particularly not confident in my poker game. Um, you know, I've had, like, significant downswings before all of those. Um, and have sort of had the mental game challenge of trying to not be results-oriented and focus on playing well. Um, and this season, though, it looks from the outside like it's just been me doing amazingly well and steamrolling it. Um, it's been a, a mental challenge for me. What about uh, the World Series of Poker? I mean, obviously going into that now, you're going to spend the whole summer out there and play uh, 25, 30 tournaments. Is, is that change for you in that respect? Yeah, I think that that's probably the plan. I'm definitely going to be there for the entire summer. Um, I'm not sure exactly yet how many events I'm going to be playing and what the balance of cash and tournaments is going to be. Um, I think that just because the tournaments are so great out there, I'll probably end up playing a lot of them. Um, but it will just depend on how I'm feeling and what the schedule is like. After you got knocked out, you uh, got on the uh, Twitch feed today, I noticed. Uh, how was your foray into broadcasting? <laughs> it was my first time, um, and honestly, it was a, a little bit of a challenge. Um, I'm not used to sort of analyzing hands quickly on the spot in terms of, um, I mean, I'm used to doing it internally, but, but not used to doing it verbally, and I think that it takes a little bit of practice to sort of be able to rattle off um, sort of range considerations and, and potential holdings for your opponents. Um, but it was a lot of fun and something I hope I can get better at in the future and have an opportunity to. Okay. Last question. Uh, my, my program, we've always been huge proponents of encouraging women in poker. And uh, I know it's easy for us to lump everybody into groups and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's normal for us men to, to, to sometimes be chauvinistic and that sort of thing. And I want to bring up the, the, the Twitter uh, thing that went with uh, the thing in L.A. with uh, sushi and, the, and that. Now, that came out and, and you voiced your opinion and it kind of made a splash on Twitter. But I think it pointed out a thing that uh, a lot of times while we encourage women to play, we don't always take their feelings into account. And, uh, you know, I think you are right in calling, putting them on the spot. Yeah, it's, um, it's an unusual atmosphere because obviously women who play get a lot of attention, but at the same time, the marketing and uh, advertising strategies for the game are completely geared toward men, um, and the player pool is, uh, like, 95% men. So I think there are sort of environmental things that come with uh, having a gender balance like that in any profession and I try to just sort of point out where I see it as a problem in poker um, so that people are a little bit more aware of you know what things they might be doing that actually contribute to the low number of women in the game. And along those lines do you feel like a, uh, a role model for other women? <laughs> I don't really feel like a role model for other women. Um, there are a lot of amazing uh, female players like much better than me who just have not gotten lucky this season um, and uh, yeah I, I'm just like happy to be playing with great players all the time well keep 2016 rolling good luck to you thank you
We'll take a break here on the program, uh, tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park before we get into the uh, World Series of Poker, which obviously was the biggest event of the year, as it is every year, got underway in May, and we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, let's talk about Gulfstream Park. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, you know where it is. It's in Hallandale Beach, southern part of Broward County, very easy to get to from all parts of the area. Big holiday programs going now, including the Symphony of Lights, big 50-foot tree, which is... uh, set up to sync with uh, some great holiday music. It's really a great thing for the entire family to enjoy over there. Of course, they have the great shopping. They have uh, great dining. They have the slot machines. They have the poker room. And uh, now, of course, championship racing, which goes on Wednesday through Sundays over there. They have a lot of great programs. There'll be some fine giveaways uh, involved with the racing this season. And uh, you really should plan to get over there a couple of Saturdays. Now, if you go early in the morning, they have the breakfast at Gulfstream, which is a great program kind of has a chance to teach uh, those unfamiliar with the sport a little bit about it, uh, take a look at the back stretch and uh, some of the things that go on with the horses and the trainers and the jockeys. It's really a great program that kicks off at 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. There's a lot of great stuff going on, and, and you'll have a lot of fun over there. The regular schedule as it runs into 2017, into the Florida Derby in April, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays at 1235, and then Saturday is a little earlier start at 12 noon. So that's the program throughout the year for racing post times, Wednesday through Sunday action on the track. But back in the poker room, there's action 24 hours a day on the weekends and uh, I guess about 18 hours on the uh, on the weekdays. They close at 4 a.m. and uh, reopen at, I believe, 9 a.m. So uh, always stuff going on in the poker room. Great games, uh, nice people, and a lot of fun. Nice, clean place where you get a fair game. And that's uh, really what you're looking for in uh, any poker room. But check it out. It's located in the backside of the uh, Finish Line Casino, and you'll have a great time there. You'll enjoy the poker, and I'm sure you'll be back once you get there uh, for the first time. If, you, if you're a regular, you know what I'm talking about, and you're probably involved in their loyalty programs. Uh, you have a chance to earn Gulfstream swag and uh, free play on the slots and things like that. Every time you go and play poker, swipe your card, and you get credit for the time that you play. It's Gulfstream Park. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway. Check it out. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Yo, what's up? This is the Black Eyed Peas. And we're here for Rad, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. These holidays, don't plan to drive. Just plan ahead. Have enough money for a taxi or choose a designated driver. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. This is our best of show for 2016 here on Poker Action Line Radio. Uh, don't forget, you can always pick up the show on our website at PokerActionLine.com. You can go to iTunes, uh, just search for Poker Action Line. You can actually subscribe to the program where every time you open iTunes, it will download the latest edition of the show. Also, uh, you can go to uh, HoldemRadio.com, which is a great uh, poker radio network. Check out the show. We have a nice slot on there every week. Also, the Poker Fuse podcast page is a place to uh, find the show as well. You can download it from there. And uh, the other place is StitcherRadio.com. Stitcher.com is a great uh, podcast site that has podcasts for every uh, interest under the sun. And you can find our Poker uh, Action Line show on there on a weekly basis and check it out. Uh, Download that to your tablet or your phone, and you'll never be without the show. Uh, Getting underway in May, late May, was the World Series of Poker, the 47th annual event. Uh, a record-breaking year at the Rio, over 107,000 entries in the 69 events. Uh, attendance was up 4.2% from the previous year, and they awarded over $221 million in prize money. Uh, obviously, the highlights uh, are way too much to cover here, but the appearance of uh, Howard Letterer and Chris Ferguson created debate. 
the Colossus was actually down slightly uh, from the year before, while everything else was up throughout the tournaments. Uh, Jason Mercier, a good friend of the show, uh, created some excitement with his side bets with Vanessa Selps that he would win three bracelets for the year. A lot of people were talking about that. And uh, as it turned out, Jason only won two events, but <laughs> obviously a fen- uh, phenomenal time. And he ended the series in style when he ended up proposing to his girlfriend, Natasha Barber, uh, on stage as she was eliminated from the final table of one of the events. Uh, I think she finished in third place in that one. And as she walked off on stage, he got up on the stage and kneeled down and proposed to her. And the couple was uh, later married here in South Florida in November. Uh, however, the, one of the most interesting stories for us was the uh, discussion centered around the William Kasuf run in the main event involving his so-called speech play. We first uh, became aware of him from the hands he was involved in with our good friend Stacy Madison. Uh, after she returned to South Florida, we immediately had her on the show to talk about her deep run in the main event, and along with her hands with Kasuf that uh, eventually led to her elimination in 169th place out of 6,737 entries. Uh, He was obviously a villain, but as we found out, the incidents really put people on both sides of the issue regarding whether what he did and how the WSOP handled it were actually right or wrong. Uh, When we had former bracelet winner from the WSOP, Corey Zeidman, who's a good friend of Stacy's and ours, on the show a few weeks later, we saw another side to the speech play discussion. Uh, here are some excerpts from that show, and uh, it's extensive. There's a detailed review of what happened to Stacy from her point of view, and then uh, before and after, we got some comments from Corey about it. Uh, here's what they had to say about William Kasuf and what happened with speech play at the World Series of Poker. Corey, I, I think it's going to be fun to talk about because two of the real problems in the game now, and you've talked about it in some of your articles, are slow play which is driving some of the people away from the game. When to call the clock, when not to call the clock, that was part of that controversy. And the other is, uh, you know, people just, uh, you know, driving players away by uh, treating them poorly. And uh, this fellow, William Kasuf, calls it speech play. But there needs to be some freedom there, but people can take it too far. Absolutely. I mean, these are major issues now, as you said, Dave. And... uh Poker knows that something has to be done in these areas, and certainly uh, poker talk at the table. It has to be clear and defined. I mean, let's face it. If the, if the rules are very clear, then it, it'll take away a lot of the controversy. And uh, I'm one for a lot of table talk. Uh, you know, I have a big mouth at the table, but I take pride in certainly not breaking rules. Uh, you know, it is... You know, it is a game you should treat with integrity, and certainly you shouldn't go over the line. But I feel that the line is very different if you're in a in a hand that's heads up. Once yeah. it goes heads up, I think basically anything should go. That changes the situation. Yeah. Uh, where do you draw the line? And we'll get into this more a little bit later. But where do you draw the line between harassment and just simply needling, maybe getting under the skin to help your your game and get a decision you want to come out of a hand? I think the line should be very liberal, heads up, like I said, but I think you're over the line if you make it personal, you know, personal attack well, of some yeah, kind. There's, there's obviously, obviously yeah, no but anything that, short but of that. Yeah, I mean. But have you noticed the difference in, I mean, you've played all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems to be more commonplace in Europe, especially in the Great Britain and uh, that, yeah, you that, see that, that the they, at the World Series, you do. Right, you see a lot of those guys yeah. use that as part of their weapon. And you've always used it as a weapon. Sure. You know. Those guys try and intimidate, though. A yeah. lot of European players, they, look, I, I'm someone that's not easily intimidated. And you really have to stand your ground against these European players. And I've even thought to myself at times, I can't imagine how someone, unlike myself, actually, because I have to really stand up straight, you know, so to speak. Uh, but I know others are definitely, I see it. I see the intimidation factor. These guys, they they let it fly. I mean, and now they allow it the, uh, at the World Series. I mean, they let these guys speak their language. Uh, they allow it. It's part of the reason has to do with people have phones and they could text in between hands when they're not in a hand. And you know the guy is absolutely cursing you out in his native tongue. Right. No question about it. <laughs> right? I mean, you're sitting there, and they, they give you looks that they would, like, rip your eyeballs out if they could. 
And I want to play this uh, this story from this interview with Stacy, at least the part about her run-in with William Kasouf, who uh, is a fellow from Great Britain, and you'll hear all about it uh, as we bring you the thing. But uh, he's not really horrible. Uh, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. He's maybe a little bit irritating, but he's had some backing out there in the poker world by people saying that they thought the floor uh, decisions were wrong. Uh, let's go ahead and, and, and play that interview, because I think a lot of people saw it Sunday night, uh, and how it went for Stacy, who is a very good friend of ours. Uh, she finished 169th, so it was a good yeah, tournament was for, her. for her, of course. And day five, uh, we'll get into that too about how difficult that must be. Oof, that's brutal. But uh, let's hear uh, a little bit of that interview from Stacy, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, Corey's reaction. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. William Kasouf is uh, British and uh, has a history of uh, being very chatty at the table. Uh, you said he was kind of, uh, you know. Kind of funny, actually. A little irritating, yeah, I mean, but I kind think, of funny. I think a lot of people quoted me thinking that, you know, I just think he's just this horrible human being and that I think, you know, what he did was just a... Listen, I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I found him to be um, entertaining. I think he did take up too much time um, and, you know, did take up a lot of attention on himself every time he was involved in a hand. Maybe that's his game. But that, you know, that the person that was calling the clock on me should have been worried about calling the clock on him a couple times, but the guy had just gotten to the table. Um, I found him to be mildly entertaining, but kind of amateurish in his talk. Um, because usually pros don't have to sit there and talk to you for half an hour every time right. you're involved in a hand with them, you know. It's funny, I, as I mentioned to you before the show, there's a YouTube video on there of him uh, irritating Vanessa Selbst. And uh, at the end of the commentary, Joe Stapleton says, uh, uh, Hey, Vanessa, welcome to every room in, in every poker room I in London. I watched that video. I watched that video. I mean, you know, a lot of people like to play poker. And, and quiet when you're making decisions, especially big decisions. Um, I'm probably one of those. I love table talk. I think everything that Daniel Negrano does is great. Um, I don't see Daniel breaking any rules. Um, you know, there's certain things that you can't do when you're talking to opponents, which is talk about your hand, talk about what they have, make tell them to call or tell them to fold. There's certain guidelines that WSOP has set in place. I think that should be set for anything. I think you should be able to talk to your opponent. I talk to my opponent all the time because sometimes you feel like you can get some information. But there's kind of a line that you can't cross. Um, I want to say for the record that I don't have anything personally against him. I do think that this hand that uh, him and I got involved in, uh, there was a little bit of integrity lost on his part. But um, I, I think he, you know, he was trying to get there just like I was. Right. You know. Uh, let's talk about the hand a little bit. Uh, as usual, the cameras sometimes get there a little bit late, and they apparently didn't Always show up get to the there late. river. I want to, yeah. <laughs> but to talk about it from the flop. Uh, five, three, deuce, uh, rainbow was the flop. You're holding pocket queens. I can't uh, believe I have to relive this. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I do want to say... I, I will apologize. No, it's okay, because I've relived it radio. all week because I've relived it with the media and stuff. But here's... And I'm sure I'm going to relive it with ESPN. That's just going to be great to watch myself. I'm going to be <laughs> under the covers. People, just have my back. But here's the thing. What people don't understand before this hand, because a lot of people don't understand why I laid this hand down before we get into this, I just want to say there was a quick hand before, prior, where... Um, he had raised. I had a black ace queen. The flop came uh, ace of diamonds, seven six of hearts. Uh, he ch he bet. I raised him. I knew I had him beat. On the turn came a five of hearts. He check raised me all in. Went into the whole spiel about if I have the ace of hearts, I should call. You know, breaking all kinds of rules here, which is what I regret the most that we didn't call a floor person here to at least have Before warned him about thing. a penalty. This ha this happened two hands prior to this. Um, this went on and on about what I should have, how he wants me to call, yada yada yada. Penalty, penalty, penalty. But you know, the floor men. The, I'm sorry, the the floor people weren't there. They weren't called. The dealer had just warned him four times, um, and it turns out I fold because I didn't want my tournament life, you know, uh, to get unlucky. Even if I did have him beat at that point, and uh, he showed the camera supposedly a straight flush. I mean, I guess we'll see in. Uh, August, September, October, whenever they air this. But I was told that he had a straight flush. Now, the whole time prior to this hand that we're about to go in, I never saw him put his chips in bad. I never si seen him make a stupid play. I saw him make a lot of stupid talk. But I never seen him put his chips in bad. So this really does come into play with the decision that I made 
and the hecticness that happened. So, yes, go ahead, Dave. Well, with the, with the pocket queens, I'm just wondering if uh, right around the flop, if maybe you made a mistake that maybe you could have got him off the hand in the very beginning that you, that you did, didn't No, I mean, your... I, you know, he, I, I, I raised. Um, he was the big blind I raised with uh, two queens, and everybody folded, and he called out of the blind. The flop came. Uh, I think it was 5-3 deuce. Right. And uh, he checked. I bet strong. I was like, I hope he calls me with a 5-3 or deuce. I'm going to get my chips right back from him. Um, even if with marginal hand, like 8s or 9s. He called on the turn card coming 8. Um, he checked. I bet. He almost kind of looked at his hand twice. I mean, I wish I could think about all these things when I was making the decision. But then he called. And I was thinking, wow, he really doesn't believe me. So now the river comes, a, you know, a 10. No flush. Obviously, the straight was on the flop. But I wasn't concerned with that. And then he check raised me all in and was just, it just erupted. I mean, it wasn't just quiet table talk. He was standing up. He's going, you, you know, and all the camera crews came over because the pot wasn't what it says it was, 700000 It was over, you know, $1.2 or $1.3 million. Um, he, I mean, because I had used up about seven or 800 just on my own. So it had to have been like $1.5 at least, plus the blinds. Um, and he said, what's in the pot? And that's when he check raised all in. And he says, I'm going for it, man. He goes, you know, and he gave me the same speech that he did with the straight flush um, except he was saying um, I want you to call I want you to call and I kept on saying to him I know I have you beat here I mean instinctively I knew I had the best hand but I was kind of confused by what was going on now the floor men instantly come over because he's breaking all the rules again but this time you know the floor was called four floor, floor guys in there pandemonium every single ESPN camera had surrounded us um, they're telling him to stop talking that he's getting a penalty I lost my attention for a second and started becoming business, Stacy, paying attention to the floor's rulings because that's what I do for a living, okay? <laughs> that was just, you know, uh, really difficult. Um, I was interested. Jack Effel came over who, you know, doesn't normally get involved. Everybody said it had to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. I think they had been kind of viewing William for a while and had made a decision on him that, you know, he was probably going to earn a penalty anytime soon and jack t took over did an extremely professional job of telling him listen no more talking we're giving you a round penalty no please leave yourself from the table here's the problem william wouldn't stop he kept on going over jack's arm and continuing and i was so like i've never seen anything like this so it was like watching a horror show when i have my tournament life on the line so i my focus got put off um it's too bad they didn't kill the hand like they said they would. You know he what? said I one more word. I but know. He, you know. And I said, why? <laughs> and I said, why is his hand still alive? And then, you know, I got, I got flack from that on Twitter. Somebody said, how could you call his hand dead? i just never seen anybody get penalties and continue on and ignore the vice president of the WSOP. And they started zipping his mouth and doing hand motions. I mean, the guy was just relentless. And now looking back, obviously, he was so desperate for me to fold. I should have taken a cue on that. But while that was happening, a new guy that just sat on the table for two hands calls a clock on me in the middle of the pandemonium, which really kind of really made me so upset like wow it's, it was almost like a pummel like you're going to get on me while all this is going on at least i just want a minute to think about it so all i could hear was nine eight seven six five right all i say to myself every day is call call you know what i mean but i i folded uh queens um he showed over nine high nine pounded six, his yeah. chest like a boss you know all that uh, whatever it was. But I looked at myself and I said, you know what, that was a really unfortunate situation. But guess what, I'm still in. And part of the decision of me not acting so quickly is is that if I was wrong about calling him on that bluff, uh, you know, if I was wrong and he actually did flop a set or made two, whatever it was, um, I would have been out. But the fact is, is if I was wrong about the bluff, I still had 500000 and I knew how to build that right back up to 1.4 because I had done it the round before. I wanted to stay in the tournament. I wasn't afraid. I just didn't make a correct decision. I was thrown a little bit off by the pandemonium and the guy calling the clock on me. And he so pounded his chest, and uh, basically they sent him off then. So the very next hand, he's gone from the table, right? So very he doesn't even see this. Very next hand. Very next hand. I, I, the dealer deals the next hand. I look down. I have two black aces. I'm like, justice. <laughs> like, this is going to be great. Like, I'm going to double. Like, what better hand could you get after a situation yeah. like that? Nobody's going to believe you have aces. They're all going to think you're on tilt. And, uh, and that's it. And so, you know, uh, the seat two had, who had uh, three bet uh, prior raise called. The flop came down king, king, and that was the end of me in the main Wow. Room. Yeah. 
so you're out, and, yeah. and how do you feel then? I mean, uh, obviously you feel Oof. horrible, but, uh, you know, do you want to hunt this guy down no, and uh, give him a no. shot in the back of the head? Or I'll what? tell you what, I got so many messages about so many people that wanted to do that, like, oh, my God, what, you know, it's so obnoxious, <laughs> and I'll punch him out for you. And I said, listen, and I mean, you know, uh, like I said, I mean, everybody's got their own game. His behavior is going to speak for themselves. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I was just trying to play the best game. It's, you know, I don't want William to overshadow what I did for five days. I don't want, you know, obviously this hand was, you know, everybody thinks that I should have easily called. But you have to understand when you're in this situation and you've been playing for five days and you've seen how everybody's plays are and you know all the circumstances leading up to it. I'm not trying to justify it, but it's very easy to, to, to have an opinion. And um, all I can tell you is I played with all hard. I played the best poker of my life. I wish I would have called there, too, you know. But um, I'm, I'm ready for the next tournament. you got to kind of let, let it go after a few days. Obviously, I was pretty distraught, but uh, Grinder and Rob and Kevin and all my team, they took me out, and we just had the best night ever, and we celebrated because everybody was really proud. So I really wanted people to hear that, uh, you know, and, and get a little background of what she was thinking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if that's just like the biggest hand, I guess it was so important to me because I know Stacy. Mm. Uh, I've been waiting to watch that on TV, but Kasufis seemed to getting uh, seemed to be getting some uh, backing from uh, obviously from the TV people. Norman Chad kind of backed him. Uh, you know, uh, to me he was out of line, but you know I'm not really a professional player, so I'm not the best one to evaluate that. What do you think? Do you, is he reasonable? Uh, I, I again heads up. I. It's, uh, Part of the game is is, I think part of poker is reading your opponent. And if if I'm playing heads up, if I'm in a heads up spot with a player, and let me first say I love Stacy. She has tremendous passion for the game. She's great for the game. You know, she's with the Dealer Academy. I, I mean, I envy her passion. And people should try and duplicate it. You'll play better because if you just love it the way she does, I think it's a big positive. And of course, I'd look to back her. But the reality is, heads up. Other than hitting below the belt, I think anything should go. Yeah. I have to you know, speak what I feel, and uh, a guy's going to give you information at times. You know, by talking, 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 let him talk. Yeah. You know, look at him. He, they, I mean, we've seen in the history of the main event with them all being filmed, I mean, I, I think way back to the point where it was Sammy Farhar and uh, Amir Vahidi, where Amir had said the wrong thing in a spot. They were down deep, and Sammy made a, a call based on Amir saying something he shouldn't have said. Right. So the more someone talks, I think it's an advantage possibly. And Stacy was was you know it's not an easy spot. You know TV cameras around. I could certainly understand her feeling harassed. Obviously that was uh, you know made worse by a guy calling the clock. I think that's dead wrong in yeah, that I spot. Get, I want to get into that. So let's hold off on that. Okay, one. sure. But uh, yeah, but as far as uh, well, let's take a break here in the show because I want to get more of this reaction, and uh, we're running a little long on time. But uh, certainly, there's no, like anything in poker, there's no easy answers to any of this really. No, but I think we do have to clarify rules. They have to be uniform. I think they have to be followed, whether it's WSOP, WPT, be nice. People get trained to play a certain way. Not everyone's going to love every decision, but it should be uniform. So very interesting situation this summer, and uh, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people might want to go back and watch those hands. I actually checked out ESPN On Demand. And they had taken down the World Series of Poker shows from this year. I guess they'll come back to them uh, next year when it gets closer to uh, the 2017 version of the World World Series. And uh, I tell you, it's uh, it, it's something that was very interesting to me because of how well I knew Stacy. And uh, I think it it is very impactful for the future of poker. Uh, will we have copycats that uh, try to? Do what uh, Kasuf did to get under people's skin is is it a it certainly will be a weapon uh, in the future if people want to go that route, you know good people would certainly stay away from that sort of thing in my opinion, but we'll see what happens anyway. To me, uh, that was the story of the World Series. Of course, Kui Win winning the title uh, later on in the year was 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 pretty cool, but uh, from what I can tell, uh, it will be. Uh, talked about for some time to come let's tell you about our friends at Gulfstream park though uh holiday is a great time over there they have the extra extra fridays which is in the uh, uh slot machine uh, casino 
Uh, every 15 minutes from 9 to 11, they give away $100 in free play to two slot players, and then they'll have a lightning round from 11 to 11.55 p.m., and that is uh, on Fridays uh, for this season. 11 players winning $100 every 11 minutes. So besides the slots, they have the uh, poker room, which is uh, a great place to play cards. And we invite you to check that one out. Of course, out in the Village of Gulfstream Park, you can find great dining at Frankie's, the Adina Bar and Grill. You can go down to Brio. You can check out uh, Rock Burger, Cantina Bar and Grill. Uh, the Yard House is over there, which uh, if you're a beer drinker, you certainly can enjoy that as well. And they have a bowling alley, Strike 10, where you can uh, have a good time and have a good meal as well. So check it out. There's lots of stuff to do over there at Gulfstream Park. And uh, pretty much uh, all hours of the day, you can go over there and uh, check out the action, uh, whether it's racing or slots or poker or dining or just about anything uh, that can entertain your family. And uh, we invite you to check it out. It's located in Hallandale Beach at 901 South Federal Highway, the corner of Federal and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Very easy to get to. Uh, really nice part of town. Great view at around the track of Aventura and some of the great places uh, over there. Uh, we invite you to check it out. If you're coming down from Palm Beach County, it's not a bad drive. Up from Dade, same thing. So you'll enjoy it over there. It's Gulfstream Park. If you want information about the poker room, which is uh, where we play, Joe, Joe and I, 954-457-6336. You can check out the schedule, the tournament schedule, uh, what games they're spreading, and uh, really anything about the room. The brushes will help you out over there and answer your questions. Once again, that's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday, Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because it usually meant that we did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Final segment of the program. Thanks for being with us. And our best of show for 2016 here on Poker Action Line Radio. And we hope you'll check out our website throughout the year. A lot of exciting things going to be happening in 2017. And uh, we'll be talking about them on the show here. Uh, so certainly we want you to uh, be with us every week to check out the show and Maybe take part in some of the things that we're going to have going this year. Uh, the third edition of the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open came back to uh, Broward County and brought the attention of the world of poker to us here in South Florida. Uh, their big event, the $5 million prize pool guarantee of the main event. Jason Kuhn won it uh, in, uh, in August, and uh, they had uh, four tournaments that comprised the big four. Uh, there was a 25K high roller uh, that Marvin Rettenmeyer won. He defeated Dan Coleman head-to-head action in that one. Uh, two other events, an 1100 and a 2650. Uh, they comprised the big four. It was streamed live by the uh, folks who put on Poker Night in America. And uh, very interesting on television. And uh, following that along, you could do that around the world. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people enjoyed that. Uh, also, the GPL got back into action in the fall, and the Montreal Nationals were the uh, champions of the World Series of Poker, or I'm sorry, not the World Series of Poker, were champions of the GPL for 2016, the first year. Uh, the playoffs created some interest. I have to say that I enjoyed watching the Cube and watching some of the head-to-head matches. Uh, you had great players involved, Jonathan Little and... Uh, you know, even during the year, they had Aaron Paul, the actor who played. Uh, of course, Maria Ho, a big favorite of a lot of people. And it was fun to watch some of the action. I, I caught a good bit of it and enjoyed it. Uh, we'll see how it uh, comes around in 2017. Certainly looking forward to finding out how that's going to work out for Alexander Dreyfus and his people as they try to sportify the world of poker. Uh, a good first step, but uh, certainly uh, there was a lot to be uh, 
improved on, and I'm sure they will try to do that next year. Late in the year, the uh, November 9 came to a dramatic conclusion. Uh, three nights on ESPN, and a very long, epic heads-up battle between Gordon Veo and Kui Win. Uh, Kui Win went on to become the world champion for 2016. It was a great year, and uh, you know I I TiVo'd a lot of it, and we'll be checking a lot of that out into the new year, and we'll talk about some of those. Try to have some of those people on the show. Uh, always difficult once they uh, become so famous from that to uh, to try to tie them down for an appearance on the show, but we'll see what we can do. And uh, as we travel to some of these tournaments, we will always uh, attempt to talk to a few of them as well. But uh, a lot of those guys became big favorites in the world of poker. Maybe no one had even heard of them uh, going into the November 9, but we'll see how that works out for them as they try to build on that throughout the coming years. Uh, the cherry on top of the Sunday uh, for 2016 was uh, the victory of uh, World Poker Tour commentator Mike Sexton, who uh, won the WPT Montreal event late in the year. Uh, of course, Mike has been a uh, commentator on the show along with Vince Van Patten from the very beginning of the show. Puts his name on the championship cup, and we couldn't be happier, I tell you what. Uh, everybody in the poker world likes Mike, and what a great job he's done promoting the game of poker for many, many years. Uh, always told us that he wanted to be recognized as a good player as opposed to being a broadcaster. And, uh, you know, getting his name on the cup, I think it just kind of uh, caps things off for him. So very happy about that at the end of the year. Throughout the year, we talked to a lot of uh, big-name players. You heard from Kate Hall earlier in the show. Uh, but there was a few other interviews that we did, uh, several of them out in Las Vegas at the World Series of Poker that I recorded and uh, played l- later in the year. Uh, a lot of those are worth listening to again. Uh, so let's hear from Jason Somerville and, of course, Chris Moneymaker. What's a year in poker without Chris Moneymaker? Uh, 13 years after he came on the scene and kind of uh, revolutionized the game. I talked to him about that and a few other things. Uh, let's start with Chris. Uh, we'll hear from him, and then uh, we'll get to a couple of the others and uh, see what we can do. Uh, interviews that uh, really were the backbone of this show throughout 2016. Okay, uh, with uh, Jason Somerville, and uh, we're talking about online poker today, obviously representing uh, poker stars in New Jersey. Um, Things are going great there. Things are going great in Nevada. Well, we did lose uh, Ultimate, but... Uh, Rest in peace, Ultimate yeah, Poker. Absolutely. At least <laughs> I know much about that. We can talk about that if you want. Well, we can they kind of set the standard there, but uh, let's start there first. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things happening, but we just seem to be treading water all over the rest of the country. You see something happening in the next uh, year or so? Well, I mean, obviously Pennsylvania is on the cusp. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a longer process than I think people want it to be. I think, you know, we've seen progress made in New Jersey, having the market grow. We've seen poker stars come into the market, and the market has grown, not shrunk. You know, we've seen general progressions in many states. It's got we passed the assembly in uh, or the Senate. We passed the Senate in New York. I, I think we're seeing progress made, but it's slow. You know, it's not as fast as all of us immediate gratification people want it to be. So I think we're still probably a few years away from having you know three more states on board. But I like I say all the time, I, I think it won't take more than a couple of big states joining up for it to be a, a snowball effect and things will change massively. You know, it won't, it won't take that many more states coming on board, running the regulations to, to change things. Everybody's important, but uh, California, I've said on my show repeatedly, if we could just get California, yeah. ball game over. We, we're moving forward. Completely agree with you on that. You know, California is like the, if you made it into its own country, it would be like the sixth biggest economy in the world or something. So California by itself would change the game, never mind if it's plus other states and whatever else. So uh, we've, you know, I spent some time last year advocating out there, meeting lawmakers, and getting a sense of what was going on. And it was, it was eye-opening to meet with tribal leaders, uh, hearing about union issues, you know, just getting a sense of uh, the different interest, interests at play in California. And it's a mess, you know. Hopefully something happens to, to progress that, uh, the, the quagmire right now in California. Every year we get closer, a little closer. Eventually it's going to happen. Will it be this year? I hope so. And I'm willing to do anything I can do to make that happen, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> You've been such a leader in uh, social networking and uh, uh, Twitch, which people have said, this is the future of poker, and really 
you've grabbed the bull by the horns and just done that and been a leader in that business. You really have. Thank you. Uh, where is that progressing to? What's the next step for that? You know, it's amazing. Twitch Poker really only began a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years now, when I started with them in 2014. So in a short period of time, Twitch Poker has exploded. Now we have all these amazing poker wizards like Vanessa Selbst and Elky and Doug Polk, all these guys who are brilliant geniuses coming to Twitch, sharing their information with, with fans. And it's been great, I think, to rekindle a lot of love in poker fans that poker on TV kind of died off and they stopped playing so much. I think Twitch has really grabbed a lot of players who lost their love for poker and has also exposed the game to many younger generation that never saw poker on ESPN that were, you know, 13 or 12 or 10 years old when that was happening and now are seeing it on Twitch and they're like, oh, what is this game? I must answer what a button is or what an ante is more than any other human on planet Earth. So that's great. You know, I love that. I want to bring people like that into the game to show them why poker is a beautiful, fun, interesting mind sport. And uh, I think it's been great to kind of lead the way on Twitch and engage and interact with all these fans. You know, we've had something like three or four million lines of chat in the last year and a half. People love the game. They love not to just watch, but to talk and watch with me and to experience the joys and the highs and lows of poker together. It's really a beautiful and amazing platform. Uh, as far as... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, Twitch is a beautiful thing. <laughs> We're just talking about that. Oh, teaching. Um, yeah. You know, there are people out there that say... I'm not going to help this guy or that guy because he might come back and beat me with something I teach him. Sure. But that's just not looking at the big picture. You've been uh, one of the big teachers out there and a proponent of it and uh, been successful. And really it's made you, uh, given you some notoriety because of it. Uh, absolutely. You know, I've always loved teaching ever since I taught karate when I was in my teens. That was the only job I ever had. I taught karate for seven years and I learned a lot of tactics dealing with three to five-year-olds that were a little rowdy that I also used with Twitch chat. So, uh, you know, it's been uh, uh, definitely a great journey for me from starting out making videos to get back to my home forum that I learned a lot from when I started playing poker and then doing training videos with Dale Negreanu on PokerBT and then eventually moving to YouTube where I started running it up a few years ago. Now we are here on Twitch and uh, I think, yeah, you have to give away something. I'm definitely giving away information because I'm being honest. I'm never, I'm never not making the action that I would normally make. So I'm being honest on my thought process and things like that and I'm sure I've lost an edge in the game. Like if I had been silent, I'm sure I would be a better, better in any tournament than I would be had I not, you know, had I not given this information away. But I think, excuse me, for the game, both as a net, I think it's been good for the game. We've got a lot of players into the game. We've rekindled love for the game. We've shown people things they might not have thought about and just kept the game alive. I mean, if you hadn't had guys like Doyle Brunson write Super System and all the other books and material throughout the years, those have kept poker sustained, I think, to some extent. They've kept poker alive in some, to, some, to some degree. So I think Twitch is just the next extension of that. Okay. Uh, this series hasn't particularly been one of your best, I guess. Uh... Honestly, this, this World Series has been very unique for me because I came into this World Series planning on not playing Nolan and Holden very much at all. And I really haven't. This was my first summer where I've played mixed games. So even though I haven't made any final tables, I have a 16th in the 10K horse. I'm very proud of that. I played with Nick Shulman for three days straight and survived. Uh, almost. So, you know, uh, I came into this summer looking to play all the games I didn't really know very well. Very well. And uh, to that, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed all those games that I played. I mean, my resume this summer, I didn't even make a dinner break at an Nolan Holden event, but I made... Uh, 16th in the 10K horse, 17th in the 3K limit hold'em, 24th in the 8 game, 26th in the uh, mixed Omaha event. You know, and these are all disciplines that I am not an expert in and really kind of tried to figure out as I was going. And I had a blast in all those events. You know, poker's supposed to be fun after all. What are we doing if I'm not having fun? And I had a lot of fun this summer, which is the most important thing. Are you live in the main? Yep, still live in the main. I made day two with uh, about starting stack. I have like 46K or something. So we'll okay. see how that goes. It only takes one to turn it around. Yeah, my summer has been great. I have no complaints. Uh, you know, people have won money for me, which is even better. So uh, I've had a good summer. I'm not complaining. Okay, best of luck. And uh, maybe we'll see you in Florida in August. I would love to come to Florida. I always have a great time every time that I'm there. So okay. we'll see. We're moving into day 2C here of the World Series of Poker main event. I ran into Chris Moneymaker. Uh, Chris, can you believe it's been 13 years, first of all? <laughs> well, my body says yes. My mind says no. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, some days I feel like it's going by so fast. Other days it feels like it's been forever. I got a chance to hear you talk with the uh, panel the other day at the uh, PPA and Poker Stars seminar. You actually stepped out of your day one to go there for an hour or so. Did it set you back at all? 
No, not really. I mean, I left with 43,000. I came back with 40. Uh, they give you so many chips to play with on day one that, I mean, you know, help, you know, most people don't even register after dinner, so it didn't really, it didn't affect me one bit. Now, if you were to do that today, that would be a little bit more troublesome. But uh, no, day one is fun. What are your expectations coming into the World Series every year? I mean, uh, it's hard to catch your lightning in a bottle for a second time, but uh, you got a good stat going, and uh, you keep giving it a shot. Uh, do you see yourself running date late into day six or seven? I mean, obviously you hope to. I mean, that's why you came here is to, to win the thing. I mean, my, my goal and vision is to win, but, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. You're going up against 7,000 other people that have the same goal. I just want to make the good, best decisions I can. Hopefully I run good, and if I do both of those things, then I should be all right. Okay. Let me ask you about GPL. Uh, has it been a good experience for you? Or are you still looking forward to uh, the remainder of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great experience. You know, we started off really good. We hit a wall, and, uh, you know, it's tough to get everybody on board. It's a new new thing. Hopefully, um, with the new with the playoffs and uh, the finals in the cube, it'll attract more attention. Um, I'm excited about it. I think it's a great project. I think it's what poker needs. Um, unfortunately, there's just not too many people that know about it yet. I mean, a lot of the amateur players, um, a lot of the pros know about it, but a lot of the amateurs still are sort of in the dark. I was actually playing a cash game yesterday, and uh, guys were asking me, so you're playing some league thing. So, yeah, mm -hmm. most of the people still don't know about it yet, so we have to raise right. awareness still. I think if we raise awareness, we'll... You know, it'll be a good thing. Did you like the cube? I never played the cube. Okay. Um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, everybody on my team wants to play. It's like, you know, get them, we we have a we all talk together and we figure out who's going to play what times. And uh, I'm being, you know, I'm the team captain, so um, I, I feel like my responsibility is to let people play that want to play. Um, you know, in my in my view, being a team captain. Um, this league is for people in the top 300 of the GPL. So if they earn their way to get there, I'm going to let them play first. Scott Ball's been wanting to play a ton. He's been doing really well. Um, even though I wanted to play in the cube, I gave up my spot so Scott could play in front of his girlfriend. And uh, everybody else wanted to play. So, yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, I, I'm happy for them. You know, it gets them exposure. And, you know, I've had my exposure, which is nice. Um, so I don't really need the exposure um, with the cube. But it's just nice to be part of the league and be able to, you know, be with these guys and share ideas and share thoughts with them and, you know, be on a team with them. You're kind of a humble guy. I'm sure the uh, the attention is enough for 10 lifespans. But uh, uh, what are your plans as far as uh, online poker? I mean, you've been supporting it. We kind of fell a little short in Pennsylvania, at least for a delay. So that's disappointing. But uh, it seems to be coming along slowly but surely. Yeah, I mean, we're used to delays. I mean, it seems, you know, every time that you get good news, it seems like it's delayed six months to a year. That's just sort of, I mean, I remember when it first happened, I, honestly, I thought it would be a week-long thing, and then I quickly realized that we're in for a long fight. Um, I've geared up for that fight. You know, I've got a residence in Canada. I travel to New Jersey and play. Um, as more states open, I'll be traveling to those states to support it and help it grow. I've gone to Washington, uh, work with the PPA. Uh, you know, I'm doing everything I can do. Um, that's asked of me and that I believe would be beneficial uh, between, you know, donating to different senators who are supporting the cause, going to their events, um, doing what I can do on, for my part to hopefully get poker back for everybody. I mean, because it really is, it's just it's a question about rights. It's not really, you know, that you have to have online poker. It's just about, you know, I don't think the government should be able to take away your right. I mean, you know, I can go to different states, smoke marijuana, carry guns. I mean, I can't, you know. I play the lottery in every freaking state in the U.S., but I can't play online poker. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the fight goes on. Well, I know you got a little bit of time here. you probably got about 30 selfies to take before the play yeah. gets started. I'm so. trying to go find a hole and, you know, listen to my meditation music and, exactly. and chill out. So. Good luck today. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Those were interviews that we did uh, earlier in the year when we visited during the World Series of Poker. I was out there for, uh, I think I got there during day 1B, and I left uh, before day 3 started. So... Uh, was able to come back and check out a lot of the stuff throughout the year that I hadn't seen. But, uh, you know, there's so many people that to interview and that are so interesting out there, including uh, members of the media, which are always uh, great interviews. We always line up some good guests through that. Uh, we had Donnie Peters on this year and uh, a few other people like that that were very interesting. Uh, Mo Nuara and uh, people involved with the tournament as well. So we'll do more of that in 2017. And, of course, we'll be uh, have big tournaments down here. We'll be traveling to some other ones and report on what's happening around the state of Florida, around the country, and around the world here in 2017. So that's going to do it. That's our best of show. We hope you enjoyed that. And we certainly look forward to uh, 
having you listen to all the shows this year in 2017. And uh, if you ever want to uh, express your opinion on the show, good or bad, give me a uh, an email at bigdave at pokeractionline.com and uh, try to get back to everybody that writes in. And we'll uh, certainly have some fun in 2017. That'll do it. Our thanks for the whole year to Gio, who uh, works tirelessly on this program and does such a great job. And, of course, uh, my partner, Joe Rodriguez, who's now back in the poker world, dealing over at uh, the casino at Dania Beach and also doing some floor work over there. And uh, that always adds to the show as well, some interesting things that happen here locally on the table. So thanks for being with us tonight. We'll look forward to 2017. Everybody, have a happy new year and, more importantly, a very safe new year. It's kind of amateur night out on the road sometimes on that night. And uh, uh, certainly uh, make your plans to uh, not to drink a drive, get a designated driver, and be very careful out there on the roads uh, around the country, especially because of the snow and the uh, cold weather. So uh, we want you to be with us every week here listening to the program. So thanks for uh, listening tonight, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next year. Big Dave Lemon saying so long for 2016 and looking forward to a great 2017. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 